Welcome to The Conversation. This is Gretchen. And hi, I'm Christy. And this is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode 30, where we will be getting real about men's mental health. Do you want to start with what you wanted to start with? Yes, and I find it very interesting that when we're preparing for this podcast, sometimes I just like find something and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like spark. It's meant to be. Spark. Yeah. But first, I'd like to introduce our guests. Mm-hmm. It's Guy's Day on the podcast Guy's today. Day. <laughs> Guy's Day. <laughs> so, welcome, Hill. Jordan. How you doing? Good. How are you? Very well. And Corey. Hello. And, and Corey, you were on a couple of years ago. We yep. were talking about divorce and such, and Gretchen is joining us as well. So as always. <laughs> we're both always here. So, we just wanted to have like an open discussion about guys from a mental health standpoint, how guys and girls are sometimes very different. And so thank you very very much for being here and being willing to chat. So what I found, this is interestingly enough, a giant therapist conference that they have in DC. And I was looking through which classes I wanna take. And one of the titles is, when someone you love is male. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So the question is, what is it about men? Why do so many men have a hard time being present? Mm. Where does fear of commitment come from? What makes a man go missing? What are the recent advances in our understanding of female sexual psychology? Male sexual psychology is confusing realm for clients and therapists. So I think that when we talk about mental health and stigma, that females are taught at a very young age, or most females, to express their emotions and so I think that we have a lot of practice with that so I'm interested to hear from either or both of you why do men have a hard time being present do you think that that's a thing first of all all these topics you just mentioned are non-existent in uh, men's culture especially in the developmental years uh, Mm -hmm. is in your youth I always hear things and I think to myself man I wish I would have heard that in grade school I was. I wish somebody would have told me that yeah. before I had to hit a wall mm. and learn how to figure it out. Not that there's anything wrong with that because that builds character as well. Sure. But there's a lot of bumps in the road that can be avoided for mm-hmm. men in life mm-hmm. if they've only known a couple of different things as they grew up. And you know, the, you don't from like he, a mentor. Um, it could be mentor, father, stepfather, mother, single mother, wrestling coach. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know. Um, there's never a, there's never a point where someone kind of pulls you aside and and talks about the emotional experience of being a man mm. you know what would you say is the emotional experience of being a man well i would say that we're taught one side of of the emotional spectrum right mm-hmm. so what is uh, that side well you know to to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. which is you know the whole confidence piece which is important, mm-hmm. but there needs to be some balance, right? So, right. like, we're taught that, we're taught... What are men taught about women? How to be in relationships? Is that explicitly so, taught? So, so, for me, right, just yeah. as, a, as yeah. a, when I was a kid, my dad wasn't around, but I had, my granddad was very active, I had uncles mm-hmm. everywhere. And for me, it was not a some sort of, now, son, this is how it goes, but I had great examples of, of healthy relationships. Mm. My grandparents had a wonderful, very well-balanced, but different kind of... Like, my grandmother handled the money in our family, in her family. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Usually the guy handles the money, but mm-hmm. my grandmother was better with money. My granddad said, I'll mess it up. So that was their compromise. 
But that was a, a healthy compromise because they had a great life, and my grandmother was a wizard of money, and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So, so for me as a young person, it wasn't somebody. I mean, we had, we had, you know, we were talked to about being respectful towards ladies and opening doors and being polite. We were taught in my family if you didn't learn that stuff, you had a problem. Yeah. Right. So we had that. That was that was we had that cold. You weren't protecting your your. The, the women in your family because they were weak. You were protecting them because if somebody were to jump out on somebody, the guy's that, a little better suited to do that work, right? That's interesting because Max, my yoga teacher, was here and he was talking about the times have really changed and that men don't often stand up for women the way that they used to mm-hmm. kind of like back in the day. And there's a lot of disrespect going on when it comes to dating and, you know, what where our culture is headed in terms of relationships and committed relationships? I know Hill, you saying well, lead by example. Well, like, I, I have to say, I mean, I have a 19 year old son and a 14 year old daughter. So one thing I notice a lot is when when my son was 10, 11, 12, maybe even eight, eight from eight to you know, that age, I'd have people coming up to me all the time, and I'd be at Home Depot. Your son, oh, um, sir, your son, he helped me with my cart, and oh, he didn't even ask. And I didn't ask him to do anything. He just, he just stuff. He would just help ladies with stuff and yeah. open doors, and he, that's how he was raised. Mm-hmm. And he's 19 years old. So that 19 year old learned it from his father yeah. and from his family. So I think the, the, if I were to, to expand and say, why, would, why is that not common today? Men, young men doing that for ladies? And yeah. It's because they weren't taught. The f- people are not teaching that in their families. Do you see that as prevalent in our culture today? What more, Absolutely. More often than not? We've let our kids run wild. And we've let our kids come up with their own standards, which is which is destroying our, our whole society right now. Mm. I'm going to say that. Yeah. There's some stuff that isn't that complicated. But if you don't know, you're just making it up as you go, it gets real complicated. Yeah. You may come up with some half, half-witted, wrong-headed stuff right. that can really jack things up. And and we're living through that. Mm. And part of that's because of the country we live in, right? So, like, we live in a country where you're allowed to think or do whatever you want as long as it's not taking something from somebody or hurting somebody else. You're allowed to think and do whatever you want. Mm. Now, we haven't been thinking and doing any old thing that we wanted for the larger part of this country's history because there's always the, the kind of societal pressure to not do certain things, to, mm-hmm. to color in the lines, right? Don't color outside these lines or that lines. Yeah. And some people have, over, over time have seen that as being very conservative. Maybe it is. Yeah. But I think what we're seeing now with, with, with like a generation or two that's saying to hell with it, I'm going to do what I want. Mm. Well, it's a very fast-paced culture that we live in, and everything yeah. is, like, so disposable. Even when you think to, like, look what dating has become. A lot of people on these apps, you know, I have clients coming in saying, oh, I was talking to this person for a while, and it was going really well, and then they just disappear. Mm-hmm. It's just not even a basic sense of respect to be like, hey, this is a reason that um, I no longer want to speak yeah. to you. There, wow. there used to be conversation about, uh, men being emotionally unavailable, mm. right? Men are there good. still is right. <laughs> men, yeah. men, men tend to take that provider role yeah. a little too seriously today in this age mm. where we're coming, where where households are usually husband and wives or 
boyfriends and girlfriends usually have jobs making the same amount of money and they contribute equally. Mm-hmm. So they're, it, takes, it takes guys a little bit to check their masculinity in that and their ego. Mm. And that approach, sure, we, sure we've all been taught the classics, open the door, respect, mm-hmm. equality, I don't hold anybody above or below me. Um, but the, the conversations that happen inside men about life and about relationships, those things are the things that we don't talk about at all. Mm. You know. So there is no closed door conversations happening, guys, like talking about what it's like to be a, a guy. You know, girls, we're all... Sure there are. <laughs> right? Sure there are. I mean, I don't go to the barbershop anymore. <laughs> But I take my son to the barbershop. I used to tell you, he goes to sell down. But, uh-huh. but there we talk all kinds of stuff. For me, at least in yeah. the black community, the barbershop or, you know. But, yeah, that's so for you culturally, that's where that kind of conversation happens for oh, me. Yeah. My friend of mine is a, a doctor, Dr. Stephen Thomas. And he had a thing called the Healthy Black Family Project. So because there's all these health disparities where black men are dying of stuff that's super preventable like prostate cancer if we catch it early why are we going to the doctor that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so they were hitting their head up against the wall trying to figure out how to get this information to black black men mm-hmm. and finally he was at the, the, the barbershop they realized if you want to get something into, into, into the black community to black men you need to get with the barbers and, and start to talk to them about the role they should be playing and helping to get that information mm-hmm. to people so that's what he did. He went he literally went to all the barber shops, had conversations with the barbers and owners of the shops. Yeah, because said, otherwise people wouldn't be necessarily seeking that information. No, bring the information oh, to people. Look, 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 that's taboo. In the black community, the whole gay thing is a taboo thing. Mm. So, like, to have somebody give you a rectal exam with their finger, it's just yeah, right. that will oh, die. Right. There's men that would die before doing that. Yeah, uh-huh. that's, that's and, the, and then they literally <laughs> end up getting prostate cancer and dying. Yeah. Rather than having somebody test with their finger to find something, mm-hmm. and so Doctor Doctor Thomas really, um, he Pitt was I guess funded this project and went on for about ten years. It was really impactful, but those were where the conversations happened in our mm-hmm. community. It's yeah. a barbershop or wherever you get the car fixed and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, um, and women do it where they get their hair done and their yeah. nails done. You know, so it's. Now, there's not everything being talked about there. Right. Well, that's well, the thing. What, what, did, what was not being talked about, do you think? Like, growing up, what, what were the messages that you received about feelings, emotions, your masculinity? There wasn't a deep conversation on these things because usually people don't have the words. Yeah. Right? So parents, you know, might look at their kids and assume they're doing well. And we look back at our parents thinking they're assuming I'm doing well, so I'm going to keep playing that role. Literally, I've been collecting questions throughout the years that have nowhere to go. And when these thoughts come up and turn into a feeling, Mm. and that feeling gets repressed into your body over time, you're eventually going to have... a negative experience related to that. Absolutely. You know, and in my community, it's completely unchecked. I have friends calling me daily or texting me or emailing me for advice, and I'm just a guy who's been through some things. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and gotten know? some help. <laughs> and figured out how to have the conversation with myself. Yeah. You know, to be able to look in the mirror and get real with yourself mm-hmm. and talk about, okay, that thing you never talked about as a child to anybody, how is that affecting you now mm. as a 40-year-old, not only with your male well, friends, but with your female friends yeah. or, your, or at your job? What about you, Hill? I mean, I think my family is probably 
better at that than most. So, you know, but ex- extending it beyond that, I think yeah. that, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think if it's not getting handled in your family, it probably isn't getting handled at all, you know, and, and for a lot of people. So do you believe that men have different emotional needs than women? Sure. Men and women are very different. Let's talk about I that. Think, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts about that? I, I say that we all exhale men and women the same yeah. on the same vibration mm-hmm. when if we all collectively take that breath in and breathe out we're the same mm-hmm. but when we inhale and the thoughts get going we're just chemically different and me being here comes from me doing a lot of groups and classes with women mm-hmm. and me being the only guy yeah. you know and thinking so why do you think that is Oh, it's a huge fear, uh, intimidation, just the intimidation of being able to get real with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and look in the mirror and say, hey, I may need to, I don't have the inf- all the information I need to explain myself. Where can I go and take in that new information? Right. And if it happens to be with a group of women, well, then I'm emasculated or, right. I, or I'm, I'm coming in with this preconditioned sexual thing that might kick in. Right. I come well, to, you've talked about that before. I'm safe <laughs> because you know yes. a lot of, in a lot of these realms that it is a lot of women. But I find it so interesting that the guys that you know personally are seeking this information th- through you rather than right. showing up right. and getting right. the information right. on their own. Right. And Corey, you have a project that you're working on. Do you want to talk about that real quick? I do. Uh, I'm starting a uh, meeting of mindful men, and this is going to be focused on. It's going to be Pittsburgh-based, based. Uh, People in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and outside of the barbershop, the gym, a yoga class, or, or some strenuous thing that is very masculine, there's nowhere, a uh, place where men meet up mm. to actually talk about real things. And they can be everything. Uh, love, self-love, race, respect. Uh, the culture today of being a man is changing. Yeah. Men are afraid to say things. and like they're. What? Uh, well, there's a lot more of a Me Too movement happening. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, men are, tr- there's new lines being drawn. Mm-hmm. And whether, and where do we go with that? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what conversation do you have in your inside yourself that's repeating that you might need to be around some other men mm-hmm. and talk about these issues? Yeah, I think like what you said before is there is this fear of, bringing up the conversation and then not knowing where to go from there. Or it's it's so much easier to just like stuff it down, ignore it, don't even bring it up. Well, it is the fear about like, not just bringing it up, but like how other people are gonna respond to you, right? Like if I I bring this up to my male friend, are they gonna think fill in the blank about me? Like how big is that a part of it? It depends, I mean like it depends who your friends are, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So if your friends are like-minded in terms of upbringing and maybe, you know, you know, that have some solid emotional grounding, mm-hmm. right? Then you can talk, I mean, I have some of my homies very close with friends. And there's four of them. It's not like there's an army of guys. It's like four of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we could kick about anything, right? And we do. We, we do call each other, hey, man, look, I need to run this by you, man. I'm confused. What, what do you think about it? That is so awesome. wonderful to hear because <laughs> a lot of times, like, guys that will come into therapy will be like, I have nobody. Well, or, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a product, again, I mean, it's like when I was a kid, and this is different from me and my children, right? So my mom knew who my friends were. Mm. And she knew their parents. And so, like, they had, we had to, like, just three or four-way co-parenting piece 
we didn't realize it as kids. We didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. But they were checking us out. They had, you know, when I would go over to Steve's house, his mom and dad and grandma was checking me out, making sure I was on point. Right. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. And there was, there was three or four. So, I mean, I'm, we've had those relationships a long time. Yeah. So, now what I've noticed with my son is different because, like, I had to, it was tough getting him to understand why I needed to know who his friend's parents were. Right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because I need to know who the, the way I need to know the way I know who these kids are. He's hanging with is if I know the parents, right? But how do you? We didn't have to. My parents didn't have to go through that drama with me <laughs> to do that. Yeah. But I had it was it was very difficult sometimes. Right. I Com- bet communities yeah. have really changed. But the parents I would reach out to would understand. Yeah. And they'd be very welcoming of 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 my interest because they wanted that too. They're just they're all we were all feeling like we we're all being kind of held arm's length by our, our kids. And I think part of it's the internet and, and, and like, the, the electronic media. These yeah. kids can develop alternate lifestyles and lives all together. Mm-hmm. A multiple lives. A secret, yeah. yeah, secret lives on the internet. Yeah. If you're not careful. Right. Yeah. So, like, you know, and, and, and they're so slick with, um, my son had a thing with sexting. He's a, he's a scholar, you know, very talented, you know, great grades, all that stuff. And they would go to the library to hang out with his friends. I said, okay, library's safe, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I get a call from this guy. Oh, no, my dad, my son says, hey, dad, you got to call my friend's dad. I said, okay. Um, so what's it about? He'll tell you. I said, now you tell me. What would you do? Oh, uh, I did something I shouldn't have with his daughter. I said, did you make a baby? Or you, <laughs> you got sex with a girl? How, how yeah. deep is this? I said, no, no, it's nothing like that. But you need to call this man. I said, okay. So I called this girl's dad. I said, oh, Mr. Jordan, hi. It's good to hear from you. Uh, I need to meet with you and your wife. And I was divorced at the time. But you and your son and your and your family, we meet at, meet at whatever. I said, yeah, let's meet at Eaton Park in Penn Hills. So we met. I met the dude out there. And I didn't know what I was walking into. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, my man, I handle it, you know. Now, I don't know if you understand the nation of Islam. So it's a black Muslim group. Malcolm X was one of the early dudes, and Louis Farrakhan runs it now. And they follow kind of like Old Testament justice stuff, right? So if you mess with them, they'll talk to you once. And if it happens again, they're not talking to you. They're, they're going to like eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth at you, right? Mm-hmm. That's how they roll. So I said, okay, son. So I, so I knew the guy was from that orientation. Mm-hmm. But he saw me, he said, Mr. Jordan, hey, hey, how you doing? And I knew him to see him. He knew me. Yeah. Because I'm active in the community, mm-hmm. and so was he. So right there, we both smiled and said, I know I'm dealing with a good guy. Mm-hmm. So it kind of cooled out. That but, eye contact between men especially, I feel like you, oh, yeah. you say a lot. So, I mean, I'm, how, I'm, right. how you show up, what your presence is. Certainly, certainly. Sure. And I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Right, I didn't. I didn't really know specifically what my son had done, or you know what the girl had done, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know whether the father was going to be very wild and adversarial, or what I was dealing with. I, you know, yeah, prepared to handle whatever it is. But I get to see this guy who I know is a, a decent guy. So we sit down, we talk, and, a bit, and these kids have been sexting each other, right? Mm-hmm. And so he shows me the text. And I said, "Oh man, I mean, he, you know, he kind of blotted out the sex part." Yeah, I was like. Wow, and then the, the the language they're bantering back and forth is like from 
like porn shows. Well, and you brought up the, the thing about technology. Sure. I mean, you hand a kid an iPhone porn. and the world of porn is there and, yeah. and say, don't look at that. Right. No. And a lot of people don't monitor. Like, right. So I'm sitting there with my son and he knows he's in trouble. And he's going to face some issues with me when I get him home. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the girl was sitting across the table with her mother and she was like tremoring in fear. And the wife would say, put her hand up and ask for permission to talk. That's how they roll mm-hmm. in that, that whole, he's the sun and she's the moon mm-hmm. piece. And so after we got, worked it out, I said, we, we said, we, he said we, I think we should probably make sure the kids have no contact for a while. And I agree, that's fine. But I know you, Mr. Jordan, you're a good, you're a good guy. And maybe it's down the road our kids can get to, we can do some chaperone dating and maybe they go to <laughs> movies with one of us yeah. there. I said, yeah, we can, I'm open to any of that. That sounds good. So it ended up being not a big trip. Mm. But what I had to explain to my son after it, afterwards is, man, you can never do that with this girl again. Because this man is not going to have a nice, reasonable meeting like this with you next time. Mm. You know, he's going to get a bunch of guys, and they're going to jack you up and put you in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Because this was like the, like, the warning. And, and, I, and so I, used, I just took care of this for you, mm-hmm. Right. But what you did was crazy, and if either if anybody had gone to the police with that son, you're going to jail. You you're not going to jail, but you get a lifetime mm-hmm. listing on the sex assault oh, yeah. list in yeah. the state for the rest of your life, and a girl. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that this is a big thing too. Just this whole like you said, your son, upstanding man, not something that you would have like. You did what? <laughs> you know. But this is how boys or men, like, what are the conversations about relationships, about sex, mm-hmm. about what is appropriate? If you like someone, how do you communicate that? You know, how do you come into uh, a relationship, any kind of relationship from a position of love? And <laughs> is that something that is talked about or shown or how is because I I don't think for females as well it's not necessarily right. talked about and shown all right, the time right. because females are engaging in it too it's right. not just that's men right right, right, right. so it's, like how are we as a culture it's a it's a complete overcompensation on both ends for men and women when it comes to sexual relationships or intimate relationships mm-hmm. porn is so rampant yeah. and it's very aggressive yep. right now that there used to be the sex talk when you were young, yeah. which was okay. You kind of figured it out. Dad pulled you aside. I got aside. a book. Brother like, pulled you aside. <laughs> you know. Uh, my I'll mo- read this on my own. Yeah, right, right. My mother found some magazines, and she, you know, she said, I understand you're trying to figure things out, but know that this isn't real. Yeah. This That's is so important. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, it really is. But, there, but that was, it, that was a sliver. You know, yeah. now with yeah. it being so rampant in sex thing that, yeah. you know... It's it, not just your magazine under your mattress. We're so disconnected yeah. that it's easier for a guy to take a picture of his penis and send it to a girl yeah. rather than have an intimate conversation about who she is and who he is and what your hopes are and what you've mm. been through yeah. because we have so much repressed, you know. Do you mind talking a little bit about sexuality and how that gets expressed in a relationship do you think that or just as men yeah like avoid avoid intimacy maybe disconnected men devalue themselves will go on dating rampages and every time they go on a date they're bringing a new outfit and costume to that date Mm. you know i'm gonna be this identity next date i'm gonna be this identity i'm a band guy i'm a dj guy i'm a chef I'm um, um, this or that, never really identifying with who they are 
and what their wants and needs are. Mm -hmm. so because they, they don't know that. They don't know it. They don't even know it exists. Well, like you had said before, Corey, about like self-care. That was a word that you were like, what the hell is that? Like learning who you are, what your needs are, nurturing yourself is not explicitly taught. I was going to say either not knowing who you are, but also maybe I know who I am. Uh-uh. I'm not bringing that to the table. Right. Wow. Like if I do know this about me, who's going to love me? Who's going to want me like this? Yeah. If I am vulnerable, if I am honest, if I am trying to connect with mm -hmm. someone on that level. I mean, I've seen that with people in my personal life, True. men in my personal True. life, mm -hmm. men that I've worked with in therapy, True. that they're like, uh, who's going to want me, mm -hmm. wow. right? If I'm not like this, if mm. I'm not putting on this mask. Wow. Yeah. Well, I have, I have a good friend who's a piano player. I think he has 13 kids. You know, this guy would be at the club and... On the break, he's out in the truck having sex with some lady who he just picked up at the bar, you know. Yeah. And, and like, dude, this, is, this is crazy. And his his pickup line was really straightforward. He said, "How do you like it? How do you like it?" And they're like, "What did you say to me? <laughs> you heard me. Stop playing. How do you like it?" And I I didn't know how he was doing. Every I see this woman, he he must have it set up. So I don't know that girl. I just met her. Wow. But what happened is, said, so he was just, you know, ramp, raging, just, you know, Mac, you know, what we call it, Mac in the community. Yeah. And so what happened is, uh, what I found out is, he had this wife that dogged him real bad with his best friend. Mm. She was cheating on him with her, with her, with his best friend. And then when it, when he when he confronted her about it, he said, I like him, I like what he does better than what I like, what you do. Mm. Now, you want to know why wow. I'm cheating with your best friend? Because he gets down better. The Yikes. sex is better with him. Mm. Sorry. And it just wrecked him. Mm -hmm. He emotionally There's just a wrecked trauma, him. There's a trauma, a hurt. It's a terrible trauma, right? Absolutely. Now, how do you tell anybody that? How do you tell your boys that? But that's you, what I'm talking about. That's Why what, don't we talk about that? Well, yes. you can. He got, who's going who's to talk to him about Who's going to tell him about that? Well, that's the thing. As a woman, I have people. I have friends and that I can to, go to. I know. And to your point, so, as a guy, right? again, I have my... You, the, you know the the four crusaders. You know what I'm saying we. Yeah. I've had terrible breakups and stuff like that, and they saved my life sometimes. Mm -hmm. Hey man, look what just happened. Look here. But that right you know, there, that's the problem, right? As it is a the man, problem. It is the problem. Who am I going to go to and say and my wife left problem. me right. Right. because I don't have? I'm not as good in the bed, uh -huh. you know. And that's a cover up. You know what I mean? Like maybe, but it's deeper than that. To to do that, yeah. it's a longer road. It almost has to get back to the basics of human interaction. For sure. Um, men, like we talked about before, men can't even walk down the street and look another man in the eyes without feeling some way. So what I want to do is I want to bring out in you what is going on in you in that moment that says you can't connect with this man, this yeah. human, this brother. We're all brothers and sisters first. What what trauma has happened to you? What bad information have you taken in that you just can't have the natural experience of being a human and being you? So if you can't yeah. if you can't be in a you obviously can't be in a healthy loving relationship <laughs> right. if you can't do right. these simple things that mm -hmm. men should know how to do amongst yeah. other men. Well, I think that's a huge thing. Like societally, even if we don't get that from our parents, you know, like oh, my parents never said like you can't be gay or you can't do this thing, but like our fathers hugging and loving and embracing their children, boys and girls. And then are those boys seeing that with other men? Are they, And then we get that societal thing of like, well, that's gay, you know, or like, don't be this, don't be mm -hmm. that. 
to be a real man, you have to look like these things, not these things, right? You need to be a protector, a provider. You need to be a straight man. You need to not do blah, 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 whatever. I think even if you don't get that directly from your parents or whoever it is that are your caregivers, you're getting that from other people. So even if you did get from your parents, it's okay. You know, like my dad hugs me, my dad gives me kisses, like it's okay. If I go to maybe try to hug my friend, who's a man, I'm a man, you're a man, I'm trying to hug you, what's the response then there from that other person, from society? And I think a lot of that gets in the way. Well, I think one of the things, the whole gay issue is complicated, right? Because, yeah. like, society has such a... It's, it's you know, like, amongst Christians, for example, the gay thing is really quite interesting. They'll, they'll disagree with science and everything and then agree when it comes to, like, the gay thing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right? I think it also comes down to... You make your own choices of who you want to be and how you want to act and react. And if you don't agree with something, then that doesn't give you the right to stop somebody else from doing it. You know what I mean? A lot of people feel, like, mightier than thou. Like, well, I'm completely against abortions. Okay, don't have one. Or I don't agree with the gay lifestyle. Okay, don't be gay. But instead, you know of getting in touch with, like, where is that coming from and why do you have the need to, like, control these things outside of you? We well, were I think talk- the broader question, or deeper question, is why is... Our society is why is, is why we... Some people still feel that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because society was that way... Um, it was the illusion of having order. Well, like if it, we was, had, it was, if was we a but it, was a, it wasn't an illusion. It was real. The, uh, the, the dark side of it was the people that were gay had to hide somewhere and mm-hmm. pretend they weren't. How do you think that that, just that idea of, if you don't, if you're a man and you don't identify as gay or queer or whatever, you identify as a straight man, you hugging, kissing, being affectionate with another man? Well, I I would say, like, you know, especially coming from the African-American thing, we, we do we do that. We do a man hug. Yeah. There's between a hug hug and a man hug. <laughs> well, that's, that's yeah. even that. There's a big difference. It's not like, yeah. right. But, but, but wait a minute. Really, there's a difference between I'm going to hug you mm-hmm. as a friend hug mm-hmm. or I'm going to hug you if I'm trying to let you know I'm interested in you. There's, there's right. a difference. But so is right. there a difference how you would hug Christy as a female friend hug and how you would friend hug one of your male friends? Not much. Okay. What about you? Do you feel like there's a difference? Or has there been a difference for you? I, um, I'm the guy always going up to the person initiating the hug. I'm the hugger. Yeah, I want to make you uncomfortable for a moment. And if you, you know, if you are, I'll challenge that inside of you. Have you always been that way? I have not. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, to an extent, okay. but, but I had my own insecurities mm-hmm. as, that I was dealing with as I come up. Um, but I've dealt with that since, and I continue to deal with these things. It's an ongoing process yeah, yeah. of how finding your, out who you are. How is your relationship now different than any other relationship that you've had? Because you've described that as you've approached Sorry. things differently. My, my approach to relationships now is complete honesty mm-hmm. up front. I'm not bringing any of the collection of identities that I've, I've collected my whole life. I'm not bringing... I'm not the corner uh, and street I grew up on. I'm not the church I grew up in. I'm mm-hmm. not my parents' last name. I'm not the school I went to. I'm not the sport I did. Mm-hmm. So once you can, most people will just have a relationship merely based on those conversations. I'll tell you about my football game, and I'll tell you about my wrestling match, and yes. I'll mm-hmm. tell you about my job, and I'll tell you about my boss. But all those are just things you do. Sure. You know? Well, when I do workshops, we'll, we'll set up the precedents and say, 
when you have conversations amongst people, you're not allowed to talk about your job, you're not allowed to talk about your kids, and you're not allowed to talk about your health. So those are the things, the go-tos, like, the, this is safe zone, I can, you know, skirt around that, but there is a much deeper level, like, the people are afraid to maybe approach because they don't know. Well, we're getting into then vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is connected with shame. Yeah. So if I'm vulnerable with you about things that I feel shameful about, or I'm Mm. fear, I'm not going to, my fear is if I am vulnerable, you will then shame me or you will abandon me or you will judge me. Which is a trust thing. Yeah, absolutely. And again, in dating too, like, all right, so you're interested in somebody, they're interested in you. I would venture to say maybe 98% of the time you're having sex with somebody before you even know, like, if you love them. Right. Yeah. So how does that show up for men? Is that like a masculinity? What's the, what's the question again specifically? So say when you're first starting out with a relationship, right, right. are you fearful about being vulnerable? Or are you trying to, like, come at it with, like, the roles, like, Corey talked talked about we're hiding behind an identity this is what this girl expects from me this is who i need to be rather than because when i'm working with couples or individual whoever generally speaking it takes two years to get to know somebody like you have to see them in all of their i've been with my husband 14 years and i'm still getting to know him let me let me me ask you let me answer it by asking you a question are there things that you shared with your ex-husband that you now wish you hadn't shared since your divorce no. Okay. And I will also say that there are things that have happened, like, to him or that he's talked to me about that I would still never talk sure. to somebody else about. Okay. Because I feel like, for me anyway, because yeah, yeah. people can smack talk people, especially, like, when you're super right. hurt right. and you're disappointed and you just sure. want to, like, you want to make somebody else hurt, too. The, and this is just, I think every person is okay. different. Like, they might yeah, do yeah. that, but, like, for me, no. Okay. I think what you were getting at, and correct me if I'm wrong, Christy, before about asking the question about the intimacy part and maybe like in a relationship, rushing to be physical. If we struggle, and this can be for men or women, Mm -hmm. but if we struggle with vulnerability, if we struggle with emotionally connecting with someone, which has to happen when we talk and when we open up and when we have eye contact and when we are physically intimate other than just sexual intercourse, Mm -hmm. that if we struggle to do that, a way to feel connected is to be physically intimate any type of intercourse and so how much do you see or do you know of you know whether it's yourselves or people that you know in your communities men you know specifically because that's what we're talking about maybe use that as a way to emotionally connect they're using physical physical intimacy to try to feel that connection is that something that you see happen uh, this is this group I'm trying to get together is going to focus on these things immediately and and you'll find that most um, men that have difficult relationships definitely come from some sort of trauma, mm-hmm. whether it's childhood molestation, uh, and that could be from a man or a woman or mm-hmm. a friend. It's questioning their sexual identity out of fear, and then just smoothing that over with other experiences in life. So when something real comes yeah. up, there's a lot of panic yeah. and go to, I'll fall back on my traditions. And usually the traditions are a collection of bad information. Yeah. You know, and again, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Mm-hmm. So we want to we want to start basic by adding this new information. Like when you sit with, when you engage a female for the first time, what's going on inside of you, let's have that conversation amongst ourselves as men. You know? What typically goes on inside? I know you can speak to your experience, not maybe all men. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a gambit. 
it's sex, it's uh, the future, it's, you know, am I seeing this person for who they are or for who I want them to be mm. or who I think they can be, which a lot of people do. Mm. Well, if I get with this person, they this is going good, but I think in a couple of years they'll be better at this. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. when they don't turn out to be, you've held that conversation inside you for years. Yeah. And that turns well, into a thing, you yeah. know? So how do we start that conversation as men? You know, before we can get into the big things of having a long-lasting relationship, are you bringing your true, genuine, honest self to the table? And it doesn't mean you're a pervert if you look at a female and you think sexually. Right. This is how we're chemically made to Women procreate. Women do that too. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, Y'all definitely, definitely do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I crack. Cats out of the bag. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's an instinct. That's a genetic instinct from we're we're supposed to procreate. Yeah. Okay? Well, yeah. Well, and you're also in taking like uh, social media and things into play. Like we have this vision of who we think a person is, and maybe not necessarily yeah. who they are, but who they could be. Uh -huh. And I know, yeah. like, so in bringing up like my marriage, I think that a lot of the, I was very young when I got married, okay. and so we were growing together. Sure. And you don't all. I mean, my goodness, at eighteen years old, who the hell like knows? Right, who, right, nobody right. knows who they are. Who at they are or what yeah. they're doing? I was the same as you. Yeah. yeah. And and so, do you think that you, Corey, made your life that relationship? I think for hmm. maybe not made my life that relationship, but I put it way more uh, way more importance than my own growth. Sure, sure, sure. And I think that that was like a detriment. Of I I put women on such a pedestal mm. for various reasons um, that keeping her and maintaining her on the pedestal was a way for me to avoid anything real I was dealing with. Bingo. Right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. as long as I created this lifestyle and this home style and, and have the appearance of having this deep connecting love because we were together for such a long time, mm -hmm. uh, when the bottom fell out of that, um, I was just left standing there with a 13-year void. Yeah. And still pretty, wow. uh, still pretty young guy. Yeah. And thinking, wow, I thought I was checking off all the boxes that society mm -hmm. said <laughs> I had to do to be in a relationship and maintain a relationship. Yeah. Here I come to find out it's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't yeah. even know who the hell I am. Mm -hmm. wow. how, about how about your divorce, Hill? It was, it was interesting. Like, so... I'm sure, I feel like everybody learns so much in that first relationship, think, you know. Yeah, I think what, you really need to know who you're marrying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you always think that you know who you're marrying when you get married. <laughs> right? You always think that. Right, yeah. you're like, oh, I know. Yeah. And maybe it's... Well, nobody tells kids that before they get married. I was, there's a book called The Conscious Bride, and it talks about women's fears about, you know becoming a wife and uh, you leave your singlehood behind and culturally right. you know there are some cultures where the women embrace each other and they teach they learn from their elders mm -hmm. and we get like champagne glasses at a sure, bridal shower sure, and sure. like then people become bridezillas because they're they don't know what's <laughs> right. going on so i'm going to control all the aspects of this wedding uh, but guess what the wedding is over and then who's going to be there for you when you're going through those sure, struggles sure. so i know i think that that for me it was not um, not listening to some advice that I had been given by a very, very dear friend who's a, a, a reverend doctor. He's a yeah. doctor in divinity. He's a very wise man. And he, he, he had advised me to to make sure I knew what I was doing. And, I, and not, you know, he didn't sense anything weird either. And what it ended up being was not anything I probably could have predicted. I made it. I made assumptions, right? So, like, I'm very entrepreneurial. 
Mm-hmm. And I married somebody who is totally averse to that. Mm. But I didn't know she was averse to that because yeah. I'm assuming that. I mean, I know she liked nice things, but she's not. You know, not she wasn't a like a like a very materialistic or vain person at all. But she liked nice things like everybody else, and so I assumed that she would understand what I was doing to acquire some of those things, right? Mm-hmm. She she did, but she didn't understand it, like real estate. Like she didn't want to buy a house, let alone real estate like investment property. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that was out of the question. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Wait, wait a minute! Like we're gonna be poor forever if we don't ever buy something, <laughs> right. you know? And and so like that wasn't like the deal breaker for our marriage, but yeah. it was a part of it. Uh huh. And the other big one was for us was um, I think she had some body issues with, with doubt about her body. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah, I was but, gonna say who doesn't? Well, Do but men? but she was well. I don't I I don't know. I mean. Yes. I, I <laughs> some men do, yeah. 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 Some men some some dudes that don't, right? Yeah. Like yeah. like so you see some skinny, funny looking dudes or some real big dudes, bigger than us, who have all the confidence in the world. And and so I think what what, what and it's and it's, it's it's legit. It's not like it's right. fake confidence. I think part of what, what what's attractive to some people is that right? Like, is is, is this well? Person... I've dated people who have lived off of that. You know what I mean? Of sure. just like, how do I show up, and what do I look like, and you know, I think that yeah, again, that's just something that people are hiding behind well, rather yeah, than being a way to mask mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, but if it's real, right? Like, there's there's like there's no you can't hide the alpha thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a personality, like you're one of those people who is like an alpha, you yeah. can't hide it. Yeah. Everybody knows it. And and that's okay, because that's that's some people are that, and some people are are, are not, and that's cool too. But like, um, no, I just think that back to like the marriage piece. Yeah, I think trust is a huge one of the biggest things, right? Mm. And the question that you asked me, I was like, yes, I went into it really trusting him. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that like that like still stuck even when we weren't together anymore. But I don't know. Well, in my situation, I'm a musician. And I've never used music to get girls because I'm always afraid that if I do that, like, God will smite me and I won't be able to play right. <laughs> I really, you know, yeah. I really feel like if yeah. I abused yeah. it, it's a gift that it would be taken away. I've, 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 yeah. I just feel like that would, whether it's karma or God or whatever. Yeah. And so I never do that. But, like, this one time when, and I had to tell the story, it's wild. I was playing at a wedding, a wedding reception with my band. And there was this one very pretty Asian lady who was in the, not in the wedding party, but she was there. And she kept, like, she got drunk and she's hitting on me the whole night. And then my girl, and then my wife was there and she was, she was pregnant with our daughter. Mm-hmm. And she came with her best friend. She just begged me to come to this thing. So I asked the people, they said, yeah, bring her, it's fine. She can bring she can come. But they were acting real catty towards the people who were, who's, reception it was mm. and it was this catty weird thing and I'm in the middle of this thing I don't know and then this woman is hitting on me the whole night and I'm trying to like shoo her away so I don't get in trouble <laughs> right yeah and so then she finally I'm like she won't leave me alone and now she's getting later I guess she's become more overt sexually mm-hmm. and she's freaking me and dancing nasty and pulling her dress up at oh, me geez. she was going over she was going crazy <laughs> and I'm like oh my I'm gonna get I'm gonna get such trouble with my, with my wife and they're over there, and they're not seeing any of this mm-hmm. the whole night. And so 
Finally, I said, I got to do something to get this lady to leave me alone. So I said, hey, you're really sexy. Can I have your number? That's all she wanted was for me to show her some attention back. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want my number? Yeah, right. Give me your number. <laughs> real quick, though. Real quick. <laughs> right? So she wrote, leave me alone. Leave me so alone. she wrote it down real quick and stuck it to me. And her, my, and my, my wife's friend saw that. Uh, of course. <laughs> so so here it goes. So, like, later on, we'll take a break. And she's like, hey, honey, how you doing? So I brought you something to drink. It's all thanks for you. I said, hey, just so you know, this lady was hassling me all night. Trying to like holler at me, and because I didn't know where they saw it or not. Yeah. So I said, let me just take the high road and tell her. So I said, yeah, but I got her number, and she said, well, where is it? I said, I threw it away already. I don't want her number. But I took it so she'd leave me alone. She mm-hmm. was bothering me all night. Almost couldn't play the music because she's hassling me about it. And so she's like, oh, but you took the number. I'm like, yeah, to get her off my case. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of our marriage, anytime we had a problem, we just got to fight your disagreement. Well, that's why you took that lady's number. Da, 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 da. Mm. It became like, and I didn't even do it. I didn't even take the. I didn't even keep the number. It was literally a tactic so I could do my job. <laughs> Th- this is a conversation amongst men that doesn't exist. Mm. Yeah. When you're in a relationship and you see another female, that interaction, why is it so hidden and shameful inside of us? Why can't we have a comp? Why can't men in a relationship have female friends? Yep. Right. What's What's going on there? And uh, this wasn't even that. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. But say that situation comes up. Right. You're already thinking, oh, my wife is going to, this is going to be taken the wrong way. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, to your point, man, when I got married, I, I've always had a lot of female friends, right? Just platonic female friends. What I had to do, and I, I knew with this one, I had to put them at arm's length. And if I saw them and we were out together, it was cool mm-hmm. in passing. Right. If I stopped hanging with them. I had to. I felt like it, I knew she wouldn't understand. Mm. So what happened is I said, we'll sit down with about my four or five of these friends of mine. Hey, look, I'm getting married. So I know we're just friends, but, like, she can't handle it. Oh, I understand. I understand. I understand. So, so it's not like I don't think of you as a friend and care right. about you. But for now, like, this is how it's going to be until she comes around, and if ever. If ever. And so, yeah, it was a trip. Well, and it happens both ways, right? Sure it does. That, well, I don't, what do you mean? That with, okay, husband and wife. Wife has male friends. Well, all my How? wife's male friends were gay, so it was <laughs> yeah. But that's what that's what we do. Because she's a dancer, because right? it becomes a problem because straight men, I you know like yes, you're yeah, mine, yeah, 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 yeah. and right. even if you're like, no, I'm not a property kind of guy. It's that societal like. You're my wife. Right. And so that's what we do is we have gay friends so that we can hang out with men (laughs) and not be ostracized. But if I have a straight man who is a friend, how that creates issue within whatever that is. Is it pride? Is it, you know, insecurity? Is it what are other people going to think? I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? We're on. It's hard for us to step back and see us on an evolutionary time period Mm -hmm. we think we're at a time now where everything that's going to exist exists now so these cultural shifts that humans have in in communication we're we're basically at a a a point where that's starting to evolve you know 40 years Mm -hmm. ago a woman didn't even have a gay friend Mm -hmm. you know she had her Mm -hmm. place so Mm -hmm. if you can kind of step back and see where this is going 
it's at a confusing time where the conversations are just people like us are just bringing the conversation to the table. Yep. Yeah, and yep. we're a very small percentage, <laughs> right? You know, so once sure. once that once that changes, that will change uh, the developmental period of the human race. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, so I I. I I think it also goes down to that basic core of knowing who you are, like sure. trusting yourself, yep. loving yourself. Like most people out there don't. I know I didn't. Wow. When yeah. I was going wow. through my divorce, I was like, oh my gosh, who, like, what is even, who yeah. am I? Yeah. And during that time, I have male friends and I have one guy in particular and he calls me his best girlfriend and I'm his best, and he's married and yeah. we were me and my ex-husband and him and his wife were like all friends and so it happened there was a situation where i was still living at the house my ex-husband wasn't there anymore and this friend was at the home opener i think like the pirate game and got drunk and so he ended up like not in a bad way at my house but like they live in beaver or butler like up north oh, uh, about an hour and it was not safe for him to sure, drive home. Sure, sure. so i was like oh man <laughs> so here he is like all wasted and like sure. i called his wife and i was like listen this is what's going on like he he can't be driving and she was like let me tell you something if it was any other person i would be freaking out she's like i really trust you oh, that's cool. and like and that is cool but like i don't think that females trust females and oh, i don't no, think I that think they always don't. can and and you can't trust that a guy's going to be in that situation <coughs> and not take advantage of it if something does go another way and i know as a woman it's wow. almost like you don't want to be vulnerable and like on a deeper intimate level with somebody because they're going to read that the wrong way or they're going to come at you or like talking about the me too movement hill when i met you you were playing music awesome and there was a guy there that night and we were i was standing in line at the bar and he was just like and he was like very touchy you know what yeah, i mean yeah. these people are very subtle in their ways of like uh -huh. how much further can i go or oh, if sure, i sure, put my sure, hand sure. a little bit like it's just i don't know if, if you could t speak a little bit like that because i know from a female standpoint it's well, some, some, some guys don't know how to communicate. So, I mean, like, like the whole way that you talk to a woman, if you're interested, is, is something that some guys have a big problem with. Mm -hmm. So then you have creepers. Which, so they're like, they don't, that's what I call it. Yeah. This guy in particular was super creepy. I mean, within two minutes, he was like, I'm a businessman and a politician, and I want to... What did he say? Uh, some days I want to sell off half my assets and move to Aruba. You were telling me, yeah, you were telling us about <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is even happening? I mean, and it was like, it was a fancy event. And so, like, yes, people have money. You don't need to sit there and, like, I think what you were saying about people yeah. being insecure or not right. knowing how to communicate. So, go ahead. So, what is it about that guy as a person that he was, he was ashamed of that he had to lead with all the other stuff? Right. So, this is what I'm saying. So, like, a, a real man is not going to have to do all that. Right. What's unfortunate? Like I don't tell people about my music. That's not important. When I meet a, right. if I meet a woman, I'm interested in her. That's the last thing I'm telling her. Mm -hmm. When she asks me what I do, I tell her. But I'm not. I'm not leading with that. Now, I know musicians that do, because they try to play on that to get the great ladies. Right. Well, and as but a I never, therapist, I don't ever try. To, I try not to tell people that course, because right. then they always think, oh. Oh my gosh! You're gonna you're analyze me a whole me. I'm like, oh no! My even my friends probably think yeah. that too. Like they'll come to me and they'll be like, I'm really sorry, you know, I'm having this problem with my husband or blah blah blah. And I know like you do this for work, and it's like, but I can be a friend too. I know like I have my own boundaries yeah, to yeah. where if you're starting to take advantage, like Corey said, when people are calling all the time, it's mm -hmm. like. 
here's a resource. You can talk to a, an actual therapist. But, like, yeah, yeah. I like the chance to be a friend and to be in a relationship and to not have the other person think that I'm questioning them. Yeah. yeah. Kind of going back to maybe more of the emotions and dealing with emotions as men in terms of, like, what is the perspective on just expressing emotion? What's acceptable? Mm. What's not acceptable? How has that changed for you both, maybe, over time, if it has? Maybe so even, like, to, anger. Like, what well, I was going to be say, can you specify the emotion? Yeah. Well, that's what right? I want to Because I think guys sometimes have to tone that down. Of, like, can I express this without being intimidating? Oh, yeah. You, well, I, I, what I would say about that is, is being a larger-than-average black male, I have to be very careful in my tone of voice mm. and in my volume. And that's something that I was, you know taught by my older uncles and cousins and stuff, is that you have to be careful with that. Because mm -hmm. there are people... Of you'll be judged well, people, as being... No, 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 no. Let me explain. Yeah. There are people that are... Grown men, like... I've seen adult white men, they're no, not little dudes, who'll be a, a terrified of me sometimes. Because mm -hmm. yeah. they, they have... Society has, has, has taught some people... Yes. Mm -hmm. ...that... The, the black man is a dangerous killer. Whatever. Yeah. I was just in New York, and yeah. I was talking to my cab driver, and he said, your heart is so open. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you're like this short white girl just jumping into my cab, like, hey, what's going on? Like, one to shoot the shit. And he was like, yeah. some people, I'll pull over, and they just, like, pretend like they weren't looking for a cab. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. So it's a thing. So I have to, you have to be careful yeah. and be thoughtful about that. You know, it's 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 just a reality. So, mm -hmm. yeah. is it fair? No, it's not fair, but it's reality. Mm -hmm. So, and somebody who might look super safe could be not safe. It's true, at all. too, right? So right. There you go. We so, don't know. Yeah. So, in terms, of, I don't know. So, I think what's the question again? What emo the emotion of uh, any emotion really? I picked anger, but like I think just as men, what your experience of emotions are? What are the emotions that you feel? are easy to express oh. or safer to express are there mm. emotions that are mm. harder for you to express yeah. has that changed over time What's i'm gonna the, get yeah. i'll get kind of heavy but i won't go into it too <laughs> deep this is a very good question. i come from uh traumatic birth my birth father was actually trying to kill my mother wow. at the time wow. he uh, he had murdered someone and got away with it for a while and was becoming very paranoid and thought my mom mm -hmm. was going to take him out, you know, wow. so she, he tried to take her out and wow. he ends up in jail for life. He's there now. Wow. I go on to have three, I have two brothers, we all have different dads. We eventually met, a, my mom meets a great guy who adopts all three of us, gives oh, us wow. his name, and he raises us. Mm -hmm. My parents are both working. Uh, which sometimes they had to leave their kids with different people. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they didn't always leave their kids with the right people, and certain things happened to us yeah. that shouldn't happen to kids mm -hmm. by grown-ups. Yeah. Okay? So this is by by six. Mm -hmm. I'm having a conversation inside of me that sh I shouldn't even be happening until I'm 40. Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah. so emotions are popping up, and you don't even know what that is. So mm -hmm. that, that immediately gets repressed, repressed, repressed. We'll send you to church. 
you know, that'll give you some direction. We'll yeah. put you on sports. That'll deal with your extra energy and you'll be around men. Uh, you'll probably, and from your brothers, you'll figure out how to be, you can talk about each other about how to be out girls. It's never talked about at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then talk about though those experiences if you don't mind. Yeah. I go into church, how is it addressed? I go into, I'm playing football or I'm doing sports. How is it? Just distractions. Just distractions. Well, Corey, you, yeah. go, you brought a picture. Do you remember that picture of yourself as a young kid? I did. Can you talk it, was, about I was, it was a picture of me at 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you ever want to see what depression looks like looking in someone in the face, you can see it in someone's eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, yeah. and like I said before, we have trouble looking at each other in the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. How can we really read or understand each other? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it took, it took a divorce. You know, some my, crisis. They call it was a it huge crisis. Access for transformation. Oh yeah. And it wasn't the divorce. It was the divorce brought out everything I had yes. hidden my whole oh, life. My, yeah, mm-hmm. repressed stuff. Yeah. Yep. So I was at a point where I was like, I looked in the mirror and I said, "You're gonna go one or two ways, man. You're gonna." go out and get into some crazy addictions, whether it's drug, alcohol, sex, or are you gonna take this path over here that might have some self-fulfillment to it and and get in touch and understand that feeling. Right, when you went through your divorce, how did your male friends react? Did they want to get you laid (laughs) or like Immediately, (laughs) immediately. Yeah, is that your experience too, when you got divorced? No, my friends were just really... Hill, you're special. I, I, no, no, he no, is. Real. No, my this fr- is why we're friends. I mean, I'm, exactly. That's where we're bonding. No, my, my, my really good friends were just like trying to make me talk about it. Mm, wow. You know what I'm saying? That's they, amazing. They, they, yeah, they were really cool about it. They were just very empathetic. and. That's awesome. Yeah. They, but Corey, you, Corey not you're, your experience. Uh, your guys sound great. They are, you know, and it's a rarity, yeah, you know, it and, and it's ending. I don't want to say we're different generations, but yeah. my generation doesn't have mm-hmm. that connecting group, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, we think we have a thousand friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We think we have 800 guy friends. Yeah. You don't even know their last name. You don't even remember the last time you saw them. You never shared a real thought or experience with these people. Yeah, right? that's true. You know, so I hear this and I see men around me that are older than me that have that core. Yeah. So that's another thing that I'm trying to initiate. Yeah. yeah. You can foster it too, man. I mean, like, it's it's not, it's not something that we didn't have to work so hard at because right. we all had kind of that orientation. We were well, around. it also but sounds like for you, your community supported that. Yeah. Like, oh, it yeah. was oh, not, yeah. like you said, even with when you were talking about as a child that your parents knew already the people in the community and that that even for you, you've seen that change with your children, that you don't have those connections anymore. Right. Maybe as much. Right. And it's... Even even like with my, my, my kids, it's interesting you mentioned that because like they didn't have the big extended family like that I had. Right, yeah. Because what I found as, a, as an adult is some of my cousins, and not my first cousins, right? I mean, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm cool at all. I'm very good. I'm good terms with all my family for, most, for the most part. There's one little Especially the ones listening. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, some, I'm, there's some I'm closer to than others. Yeah, that type yeah. of family. Yeah. But some of my some of my second cousins I've become very very close with, in adulthood, closer than we were as kids, mm-hmm. because we have things in common as adults. Yeah. Especially like a couple of my cousins are entrepreneurs like I am, mm-hmm. so we are always rapping about that's the work stuff, and some of the little some of the, the the things that they pick up along the way I pick up along the way that we could help each other through various situations, and then what's happened as a result of us developing a level of trust on that level, 
then we also go into the whole the guy trust thing, mm. the of relationship stuff and those issues. And so that kind of extended my little crew from like four to about six. That's amazing. Yeah. But it's, you what know. About, what about like, you brought up depression, depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. What is the mental health yeah. picture for men? Like, is it weak to be depressed? I mean, I because I see depression and, and anxiety on a spectrum. And right. I believe that everybody, depending on what the day is, what your mood is, what your life circumstances yes. are, are you higher on the spectrum? And how are you managing those things? Do you think it's that men are shamed for talking about or experiencing these things? Well, uh, there's, there's, some, there's a bunch of different ways of approaching it, right? There's the clinical way of approaching it. And I think in some situations you might need that level mm-hmm. of intervention. I've, I've been probably clinically depressed twice. Mm. It's just as a result of some crazy relationship stuff once. Again, circumstances. And work, and work stuff another time. Yeah. And either time, in both times, what I was able to do is, again, I had this, my, one of my very, very dearest friends, he, he, he saw what was going on, and he didn't have to kick the door. And he's doctor, hey, man, what's up? Let's go get a beer. Da, 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 da. So rapping about it, and... I opened up what was going on. He said, okay, well, yeah, I can relate because I went through that with what's-her-name, da 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 And so what he did is he, he taught me something. He said, you have the ability to choose your state of mind that you want to mm. live with and mm-hmm. have. You can feel whatever way you want to feel. So he, he said, what's your, what, what comedian cracks you up with anybody else? So I said, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, that's easy. So he said, come on, you come over to the crib. So he went, went over his house. He put in Eddie Murphy movies like two, three in a row. We just ordered some food and, some, <laughs> and watched Eddie Murphy. I totally was cracking the whole time. One thing you that is a it's a it's a like a, a, a fact. Mm-hmm. You cannot be feeling bad if you're laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter how we just, funky we you were feel. talking about that too. Like yeah. put on a comedy, go right. see something. Like so bringing that, that, that laughter. So that does it has an immediate impact on it. Sure. But and it the, doesn't take away what you were going through. It does for the moment. Right. It shifts your mindset. And for a more and so one of the other things that does this guy Doug, it was Doug Dorsey, good dude, that he's helped me to think to understand to learn is that if you focus you have to okay, so you have to remember how it feels to be positive, healthy, mm. happy, mm. fulfilled. If you remember how that see because when you get depressed, you get into a mind state where you don't Understand how it feels to be to not be depressed, that. yeah. And that could be very that could that could be an anchor just pulling you into hell, yeah. You know, and so the only way out of that, not the only way out of it, but one of the ways out of it is to focus your mind. This is where it comes into meditation and mental concentration, which we're talking about a lot, mm-hmm. just off the off the podcast. Mm-hmm. But the power of that is. Whatever you focus your mind on with consistency, it becomes your reality. Mm-hmm. A cheesy Star Wars metaphor. Qui-Gon Jinn tells little Anakin, your focus determines your reality. <laughs> but it's true. It is. And what's what's it called? Like, if you're always thinking of a red car, red car, red car, then you start to yeah, notice you that. You know red cars. It, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might never get one. Yeah. There's, a, there's a name for that. I can't come. I but, but, I mean, when I'm working with people, too, and they're struggling to get over get over a relationship or whatever but mm-hmm. they're constantly thinking about that person and they're constantly yeah. keeping them on their mind like you're, a problem. Yeah, yeah it is a problem I'm trying to take in a different approach where yeah. I want men to be able to demystify your friend inviting you over to watch those movies and get you laughing 
really what that was was a shortcut to change the chemical reactions inside your body. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So we usually think, oh, you know what? I'm depressed because the girl broke up with me. No, you're depressed because a chemical reaction happened inside of your body yeah. that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. You're not in touch with your hormones, your mm -hmm. blood levels, sugar levels, all these yeah. different things. And knowing that, you know, just having some new information come in on how to change your hormones will get you out of things mm. like these. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's more of a scientific answer to these things. Not that I have these answers, but it's something I'm very interested in. Yeah. Well, connection is key. Community yeah. is key. Being around people. When you're depressed, you just want to be alone. Right. You just want to push everybody away. But all but that has to do with feelings also. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. The four of us sitting here feeling to, the way we're feeling and connecting, on some microscopic level, we're all sharing a chemical reaction yeah. as well that we do not talk about. That's pheromones, that's hormonal, mm -hmm. that's in the air, and there's something natural that feels good about that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yes. why do, why are we so afraid of that, and why do we push that away is, yeah. is going to be an ongoing or why discussion. why we don't just talk about it. Acknowledge you know I mean? it. Yeah, yeah. acknowledging or it. Or learn more. I think people don't know a lot of these things. That's and right. That's um, right. One of my favorites, Sadhguru, YouTube, oh, yeah. he's hilarious, but he talks a lot about like, do you stop and think about your body breathing and just mm -hmm. how amazing that is? Or like from the moment that you wake up and your feet hit the floor, there's your blood is pumping, your heart is going, your lungs are expanding. Like, it's just so interesting. And then we complicate everything. We're humans. We overthink everything. Well, I'm kind of coming back. It just made me think of something that you had said before, Corey if we're constantly disconnected from ourselves because we don't know ourselves or we don't like ourselves, trying to do that is terrifying, mm -hmm. sure. anxiety yeah. producing. It sounds easy and for right. some of us, it is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. But for many of us and sure. for many of the men in our society, it's not that simple because it, it does take support. <clears throat> it does mm -hmm. take community, but also maybe therapy, maybe mm -hmm. medication, maybe things that again, are taboo because mental health is taboo, but I think is even more taboo because you're a man, you're supposed to be strong. Or maybe you're a black man, you're supposed to be strong, you're not supposed to be this, you know what I mean? And it just, it's so complicated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Corey, I think that you are speaking to some of your friends that, have you made these suggestions? Like, what holds people back from maybe going to therapy? Or may maybe... La lack of information, first off. Mm. Vulnerability, second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then priorities, mm -hmm. and and now now we're just adding on, mm -hmm. yeah, right. So there's a bunch of things in the way for me. Yoga, and understanding that yoga is this tool developed thousands of years ago that is basically an instruction book on how to give you the best performance out of a human experience as it was supposed to be designed, yeah. you know, and, and a practice, and that practice does not exist. It's just hitting our culture now. Mm -hmm. um, because well, it's not always in a good way. I mean, because right. the real, and I hate to say the real yoga, but like, it's a mindset. Right. So yes. the exercise benefits are right. side effects. Right. But oh. when people are going and they're busting their asses at the gyms and these hot yoga and they're hurting themselves or, you know what I sure. mean? If they're looking for this exercise benefit. So there is, I there see different yoga as a it. way of life. Sure. Something simple is going to the gym, right? That's a lot of outlet for men. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go punch the bag. I'm going to go lift some weights. But you know what? If you're not doing those things correctly and, and mm -hmm. that is, yeah. you know, uh, how your mind and breath are connecting yep. yeah. you're actually damaging and you're doing more mental damage 
sure. by just not being connecting the the breath with sure. your with your workout. Something that simple we don't know how to do. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that the gym could be avoidance? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I mean, like as anyone, if we don't know how to deal with any anything, we're gonna numb. We're sure. gonna avoid. We're well, gonna and distract. there are just as many healthy. Healthy, unhealthy coping mechanism. You know what I mean? They're distractions. Like you said, I'm doing this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm getting my workout. Like, I'm sweating. I feel some relief after that. But, like, whatever's happening, like, below the surface is not It's only going to be helpful to a point. Yeah. Because it is helpful. With men, if you want to see a slice of men's culture, whether it be African-American, white, Indian, whatever... Go to the gym. Oh, it's my today. favorite thing to do. Okay, when so I go to the gym. I am so watch. I am so embarrassed for men right now when I go to the gym. <laughs> what does there's, it look like? There's no eye contact. Uh-huh. There's no communication. I mean, I grew up in seventh grade. You got to shower with guys after yeah. you know if you're on a wrestling team or played football or something. I go in there. There are men. You know, ashamed like to drop a towel and put their clothes on, or it is really different. My dad, who is in his sixties, late sixties, he grew up as a swimmer, mm-hmm. and he would tell me stories about you would swim naked. But I remember him just talking about that like it was nothing. Like when he was a teenager, right. it's like oh, you know, swim naked, mm-hmm. and that just reminded me of it that it's so i don't know if you would see that nowadays you know what i mean for a multitude of reasons but also i try not to judge i might judge but i i quickly uh address that within myself why are you judging are you observing or are you judging there's a difference and when i go to the gym when i go to the gym and i see a chubby guy with five sweatshirts on you know he's he's grinding and trying to what's he grinding for mm. is it for a girl is it because he's got something going on in his head i see a dude over mm. there all jacked up why are you jacked up did you get bullied when you were a kid yeah. you know and you never right. talked about what's your that motivation? did somebody say something to you one time that changed your whole thing for the worse mm-hmm. you know and uh these are all people trapped in identities right and keeping up an image yeah for sure <laughs> do we have any like final thoughts that we want to add in there's a lot more we get to get it. This is great. <laughs> I think it. Thank we, you so much for coming and being this should willing be part to. One. I was going to say know, right, we can one. have guys yeah. series absolutely because I think the more that we have these conversations, the more we normalize yeah, these things, yeah, then yeah. then people start to show up because again, yep. like Corey said, like if you make something a priority and you're really willing to work at it, there's no way you can fail. Right. And therapy, it takes so much work. People were terrified the first few sessions of therapy people come back like this is really hard I feel worse and it's like you have to stay the course like when something is new I think that people do avoid talking about things and seeking help because they're afraid of what's going to come out and maybe they can't handle it but the more we connect with each other the better off we'll be sometimes someone has to be the person who steps up and eats the first piece of food off of the table right Mm -hmm. Right? yeah um when when people are standing around looking at food wondering well what are you wondering about well they don't have the words right or they don't have the confidence Mm -hmm. that person are we the person that you know i'm 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 a chef I play in a punk rock band, I DJ, you know, I'm all these different things that people look at me, but what I want to be is the person that steps up to the table for guys and puts these questions on the table and allow us to get to the answer together. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks, guys, for coming. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Hey. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen and Christy. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, go to our website at www dot conversations to connect dot com and follow us on instagram 
We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com, or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.